Just a quick warning, when me and Tom get passionate or a bit nervous, we tend to swear more than usual. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to our podcast. Feels part communist, so that's why. But um, <laughs> this vision of Tom appeared through the kind of haze of the snowy cloud. You're a Labrador, through and through. That is out of order. Javier eats like Zoidberg. I approach Tom, you could say I'm the original founder. Mm, what can only be described as a vibrator? My daughter handed me a human poo. Oh no, you fucking tragic. I would destroy you in a boxing ring. In a street fight, you would murder me. You're a little fucking fidgeter. I just looked to my right and I saw Ellis behind the camera do a fist bump because that is clearly what the hell this question was about. Dragged out a quote from my bloody like dead grandpa that I'd made and was like giving me shit about that. I was like, come on. Man. Yeah, someone sent me a picture of a horse's head in the bed. Honest burgers? <laughs> That'll never last. I'm Phil. I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Honest Burgers, and this is the Honest Podcast. Why are we doing a podcast, Tom? We are ripping the plaster off the last 10 or so years of how Honest Burgers started in a muddy field in a tent outside of Brighton and is now a national burger chain with over 45 restaurants and over 900 people that work for us. Oh, we're going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is our episode number three of the podcast, I believe. <laughs> what? It's like number four. Just say, four. Just, just say welcome to the next episode. Yeah. I just did that last keep week. That in. <laughs> <laughs> episode number four. We are episode number four. Thanks for the prompt, James. Um, right, so today we are going to be talking about some... Random questions have been fired at us from some people that work at Honest. We have no idea what they are. Yeah, not seen um, yet. They're going to pop up on the screen and we're going to do our best to answer them. So I hope they're not boring. <clears throat> I know, it could be. We got a lot of questions, so let's see. Let's have a look. Question number one. How did you meet? How did we meet? Star-crossed lovers. Oh, man. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> we met in a brilliant restaurant in Brighton called Riddle and Finn's. Champagne oyster bar. Yeah. Marble tables, chandeliers, very posh. Yeah, just does exactly what it says on the tin. A really amazing shellfish and seafood and amazing champagne. Um, and yeah, I was, um, I was kind of trudging through a business degree um, and... I remember that it's one of those moments because my my life did change when I got the job at that restaurant because I also met my wife there um, and I met Phil there. So, yeah, two very important people in my life. But I knew one of the chefs. Um, Loz. Yeah, anyone who knows Riddle and Finns, a lot of people listening hopefully will because it's an epic restaurant, Brian. But, yeah, so it, the, the one on Meeting House Lane, which is right in the South Lanes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's got, got like a glass sort of open front kitchen um, and Loz, one of my mates who was who I'd worked in another restaurant, was was a chef there, and he said grab a beer, and we had a chat, and then Tam's in. I remember that I was working that day, and you were stood at that big window that yeah. faces into the kitchen. They were open, and you were sat at the little bar that they had outside. Chat yeah. to Loz, had a little chat. I was looking for a job, and that was that. That was that. And what what was what was it like working with me, Phil? Uh, it was a dream. Why don't you say the, the first thing that came to your head I when you met me? I thought you were a bit of a knob when I first met you. I yeah, because you, you I, judge I did, people. I typecast you as a bit of a... You judge people, don't you? 
you know, public schoolboy rugby playing kind of lad. But actually, I was I was wrong. Yeah. Phil's know. part communist, so that's why. <laughs> but um, he did make a judgment very quickly. I did, I did snap judgments, which are never good. But you you turned it around pretty quick. Yep. Uh, to be fair. I don't know. What were your first impressions of me? We've never done that. You always. You, this is a well-trodden story. You always say that. I always have to admit that. I said. I just said you don't have any. That's even worse. Communist. <laughs> I thought no. I, you were I, totally indifferent to. I thought you, you were. Bastard. I thought you were a straight shooter. You were just a very. <laughs> yeah, which is what I think of you today. You're just a very lovely, dependable, loyal human being. You're a Labrador through and through. Interesting. Um. <laughs> And I literally don't know how I feel about it. I think I think that's good. Everyone, yeah. everyone loves Labrador. True. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, and um, and yeah, we we just got on really well. And that, the best thing about well, I got asked this a lot in terms of like, what do you look for in a business partner? Which is obviously not what neither of us were thinking about when we met. But right. work ethic is important. Mm-hmm. And I knew you were a fucking workhorse. Yeah, we grafted so that was, in that restaurant, both of us. And I think that's uh, yeah, that was. That was one of the bedrocks, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, it was an epic. That, that restaurant made me fall in love with working in restaurants. I'd worked in so many restaurants before that. Some really good ones. Some that I thought were really good fun. But that place was like another level. Yeah, agreed. I think agreed. we'd probably give Nigel a shout out, who, in his heyday, one of the greatest orchestrators of fun in a restaurant space yeah, you've yeah. ever seen. Shift manager, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Just Definitely. epic. Anyway, we could talk about Riddle and Pins forever. Question two. Who approached who about starting a company together? Ah, uh, well, easy. yeah, that was me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember we'd had the little conversations that were, you know, nothing serious, but working in the restaurant, being sent out to those outside caring events with Riddle and Fins and sort of bonding over the fact that they, you know, Again, if they're listening, don't take this wrong. Yeah, way. I think they, that's fine. They were a little yeah, bit they, too. They were a bit. They tried to be a bit too complicated. We always felt in a field. Yeah. Right? So they they had a they had an outside catering arm. Who was the guy who ran the outside catering arm? Pat. Pat. That's He's still it. there. Pat's still there. Yeah. Pat. Yeah. Half half his time in Thailand, half his time in Brighton. Loved it. Um, Pat would go and run these events, and I mean, it's. I, I'll be honest. They're amazing at, at what they do in the restaurant space, but the events were, they always felt a little bit like they were yeah, not, uh, as, not as much time and effort went on them. And, and generally, me and you were always sent to work on them. We got sent out to do them. And I, I think it was one that maybe hicks the showground and we were trying to do some sandwiches. Mackerel, no, and mackerel burgers. Mackerel burgers. <laughs> and I think we were trying to shuck oysters uh, as well. And I remember and then, people's faces when they're like, oh, you got a burger? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Like, what is it? Mackerel. <laughs> and they just look at you and go... Oh, yeah. You just kind of walk away. And I think there was a burger guy there. Maybe I'm I'm romanticizing the story in my head now, but I feel like there was maybe a, one of the things we got sent to. There was a burger guy there, and we we're trying to do this, and he's just knocking out burgers with a queue as long as you know, two miles long or something. Anyway, we did a few of those, and I remember thinking, oh, we should just do our own thing. Kind of maybe joke to you, and like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, never really thought about it. Um, and then I was trying to be a journalist, wasn't I? And it wasn't really wasn't really panning out. So I went off to do a ski season, sort myself out. And over there, I remember thinking, do you know what? I'm going to give Tom a call when we get back. Wait a minute, you, you, you're not romanticising on the story enough here. Go on. This is the way you you're told it to me. Bloody chairlift now. Aren't yeah, you? you had an epiphany. <laughs> I came to you in a dream <laughs> on a chairlift. You were like, Tom's the guy. Apologies. Yes, so I was sat on a chairlift, and this vision of Tom appeared through the kind of haze of the snowy clouds. Yeah, that's the, the top of the mountain as the sun just burst over the 
Yeah. And uh, wearing like a bearskin. Yeah. And I thought, that guy, he's going to be my future business partner. He's going to change my yeah. world. Anyway, something like that happened when I was in Switzerland on a chairlift trying to teach English school kids how to ski unsuccessfully. Uh, and I remember, yeah, thinking, do you know what? I'm going to do something for myself. I was a little bit lost. I'm sure people listening to this have felt the same. You know, I was probably 25, 26 years old, done a philosophy degree, trying to be a journalist, struggling. <laughs> what am I doing with my life kind of stuff? And I was like, I'm going to do something for myself. Remembered our chats. And I did have the word honest in my head at this point. Um, and uh, What was the other word you had in your head about a restaurant concept? <laughs> <laughs> what? Go on. Do you want me to say... Ripe. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's com- we'll come back to that. I don't mind talking about ripe in a minute, because I still think this has got legs, by the way. We'll talk about that. But we'll it's, say, it's like an EHO's fucking nightmare. It's genius. We're going to come back to ripe. I'm looking at the people behind the camera now. Phil has... 21st, Phil, 21st question is what is ripe, okay? You're, I reckon you're, your, hit sh- your like, hit rating is probably 1 in 50 of like... That ah. is out of order. No, it's not, because the, the 1 is like, <laughs> is like life-changing. I think I'm. I think I was at one in ten. I don't think I'm more of a one in five guy now. Nah, nah. Twenty percent strike rate. That's oh, right. No, maybe not. <laughs> it's definitely not one in fifty. Back then, I'm, I'm talking about back then. There was, yeah. there, you were, you were anyway, splatter gunning. So many tangents. Yeah. The question was pretty simple, and we've managed to drag this out. This is not. Going, we're not going to do this in an hour, are we? So yeah. let's speed up. Anyway, I had the word honest. Honest was going to be about no bullshit. Like there's some things that restaurants do where they try and get you to spend a bit more money, bill shock, blah, blah, blah. Nothing terrible, but I just wanted a restaurant that said, this is what we do, we do one thing, and we're just kind of on the same side as the customer, and that's kind of what honest means to me. Um, and yeah, I called you up, got back from Switzerland, April. Yeah, it's fair to say. April 2010. I didn't really have a huge amount going on in my no, life. you didn't take a lot of convincing, to be fair. No. Yeah, You were like, yeah, cool, let's go for a drink, and about three hours <clears> later, <throat> you'd agreed to give put two and a half grand in, and without a Five grand, we were buying ourselves a marquee and a grill and a fryer and doing burgers. I did want to do fish and chips, to be fair, and you correctly and rightly got onto burgers quite quickly and realised that burgers is probably the thing we should be going yeah. after. I felt like it fitted the brief of what you we were, were trying to achieve. You with. were 50% right with the chips. It's true. It's true. But I, uh, but I think it's because I was going to do the, I was going to kind of lead on the food and yeah. I ain't going to, I'm not a huge fish fan. But to answer the question, I approached Tom, you could say I'm the original founder. Mm. No, I'm not sure that's how it works <laughs> actually, because you you founded nothing Fair. on your own. <laughs> I'm still annoyed about the one in fifty comments. To be honest. Okay, now it's my turn. Who came up with the name Honest Burger? I think we oh, just did done. that. Yeah, Bosh. done. Yeah, Bosh. Move on. There we go. Who is the better cook? Oh, I'll, um, I'll take it and answer it. Maze, you have to even ask yeah, this question. Tom's a better cook than me, I don't mind admitting. Uh, neither yeah. of us were chefs, by the way. Common common mistake that people think we were chefs in a restaurant or both of us were, at least one of us was. Neither of us were. We were yeah. both front of house, so they, Tom used to like to hide behind the bar at Riddle and Finn's and not well, actually thing, yeah, talk to human beings. Riddle and Finn's is quite weird. Yeah, I, I don't really like speaking to customers, so I um, <laughs> sat, I stood behind the bar and the bar in the kitchen, the bar is in the kitchen, basically, so I would watch... And just chat shit to the chefs, basically, and just kind of annoy them most of the time. Um, and eat all the food that came back yeah. from the customers as well, which Squid with chefs treats, were not happy about. Just getting a piece of bread and just, like, wiping it around the big kind of... Yeah, but it um, really pissed the chefs off when I'd eat food that came back from customers. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, on, I can't believe that. waste of food. Like, 
Do you remember Javier not? used to hide the whelks off the yeah. seafood platters? And which just, basically would all the whelks, because no one eats whelks. Just cold whelks, which, I mean, I mean, you've got to really love seafood to chow, to smash down a whelk, yeah. don't you? Yeah, he, he, Javier eats, like, Zoidberg yeah. from... That's literally the image I have in my head of him, <laughs> yeah. like, stealing 10 minutes in between in between a shift and just nailing about 20 whelks, which, <laughs> yeah. he's, which he's pilfered off all the seafood platters that have yeah. been eaten that day. He was, oh, snake hips. Snake hips Javier. Yeah, God, there's some stories about him. I don't think he'd be listening to this. Probably not. Yeah, anyway. We'll come back to maybe come back to Javier another day. Ooh, Every team needs a Javier, by the way. I still use that, honest. I say that to a lot of people. Yeah. I explain Javier to our managers and how he was and yeah. high standards. Oh, and all like, new starters used to hate him, but he drilled it into them. And then after two weeks, he used to love him. And, yeah, and you do. When yeah. I became a manager there, he was, he's, you know, a bit like a footman. He was first name on the team sheet. A busy <laughs> shift. First, t- first name on the sheet. Busy shift. You'd have him in your busiest section. Do you want to tell the toilet story for Javier? Well, I stopped short of that one. No, I don't want to tell that story. It's not fair on him. <laughs> All right. So I can't remember what number we are at, but this is who would win in a boxing match. Which I think is quite a good question. Go on. Well, <laughs> you've, got, you've got technique over me for sure. Yeah, well, I actually box. Yeah, yeah so you box, but... Um, but I'm, I've got. How are you stalling over this question? Well, because I've got a lot of weight on you. I'm well, like, I'm, I'm a different class of, of fighter to you. Oh, let, let, let me answer this for you. I would yeah. destroy you in a boxing ring. In a street uh... fight, you would murder me. If it was just a street fight brawl, if it was a street fight brawl, you would destroy me in a boxing ring. Not even a contest, I'm afraid. You know, there's only one way. Well, to there it. is. <laughs> I, I got a feeling. <laughs> I just looked and I write, and I saw Ellis behind the camera do a fist pump because that is clearly what the hell this yeah. question was about. This is this is baiting. No, once like boxing is, it's not it's not the strongest guy and the fittest guy doesn't always win. That's the thing with boxing. I've been beaten up by guys half the size of me in a boxing ring. That is true. Anyway, so but what? Tom is. I get to his credit. He is freakishly. He looks strong. He is, and he's stronger than he looks. Do you remember when you that guy that punched me in the eye on my 30th birthday? Yeah, I do. Brixton, really? Yeah, yeah. You just, you just sat on him for 20 minutes until the police arrived. Yeah, he was he was ended. Yeah, it was amazing. All right, so street fight, I'd win, but Phil mm, probably would score yeah. more points in the ring than me. It was an unprovoked attack on my 30th, by the way. I just want that noted. I wasn't doing anything there or stupid. It genuinely was. He, I mean, you drank an entire bottle of Havana. Yeah, but I was. But I was you just were stood just outside. stood outside. What's the place called again? Calf Bar. Caffbar and a dude just what walked up and smacked him in the face. Yeah, just it, landed. It happened me. so quickly that the group we were all in, we were like, "It's Phil gone." <laughs> he was just fucking on the floor, and this dude was this guy just yeah, stood there. You just sound him. Oh uh, yeah, I yeah. got him down. All right. Um, if you hadn't have started honest, what would you now be doing? Oh, I've got a great story here, but you go first because mine's a little bit long. I got a real slide. This is a sliding. This, only, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I'd have made a different decision on this day. But you go first. But well, we obviously wouldn't be having this conversation because no. this is well, honest. Wouldn't exi- honest wouldn't exist, is what I'm. <clears throat> okay, I would probably be face down in a drained pool somewhere. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have no idea what I'd be doing. I think, I mean, I was quite loose at uni. Lucky my wife and my business partner Philip kind of. Gave me a bit of direction, so I don't know what I would be doing. Like, I think you'd honestly, be working in the city. I think you'd have a. Oh, you'd be working in business or finance. I business. Think. I don't know. I got a shit degree from an average uni. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, my mate Donock was just started his career in the yachting industry, 
and he was trying to get me to come work on on yachts with him in the kitchen. Maybe yeah. I'd have done that. Don't think it would have done well for me though. There you go. What would you be doing then? Well, I was, as I already mentioned, I try and keep this brief. I was trying to be a journalist and I'd just done the NCTJ in Brighton. So I was in Brighton. It's like an 18 week post grad, fast track course. NCT? NC, no, did I say NCT? <laughs> yeah. N, NTG. Oh, Jesus. Obviously, obviously, N something J. I said life. NTC. Helen is doing an NCT course right now, literally upstairs above us. She's studying. My girlfriend is doing an NCT course. So I was, N, what the hell is it? NTJ, maybe. Oh, God. Anyway, the National Qualification for Journalism. That's irrelevant to the story. I was doing that. And then I finished that and I started doing some agency work part time for free. You know, that's how you get into the world of journalism. I know this story. And I went to, I did, to, I wanted to be a football, I'm really into football and sport, and I wanted to be a football writer. So I did two weeks work experience at an agency in London. I remember right near Tottenham Hale. Uh, I went to Wembley to cover Charity Shield, was in the room with Alex Ferguson and Harry Redknapp after the game. I was like, this is it, dreamland. Did two weeks there, it kind of went well. I remember them calling me about a week later on Friday. And saying, hey, you know, would you like to come back and do a day? We need someone to go to the Sunday People paper on, on Saturday, tomorrow, to help them put their sports pages together. We haven't got anyone, you know, you up for doing it? And I was like, yeah, sounds great. Count me in. Opportunity of a lifetime, right there. Well, clearly, like, the first step. And, I, you know, I was a young lad, a bit wet behind the ears, obviously, and didn't really think it through. And I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. So I called Tamsin. Remember Tamsin? Yep. He was the manager of Inland Pins at the time. Um... And I called her up on the Friday. I was maybe doing a double shift on Saturday. And I said, look, I've got this opportunity. I need to, I can't work tomorrow. She lost it. She was like, no way. It's too short. There's no way I can cover your shift. You've got to come in. And me being, as you already rightly said, me being the diligent, hardworking chap that I am, was like, okay, yeah, no worries. Yeah, don't want to let anyone down. So off I, and I called back Haters, which was the name of the agency. Um, haters? Yeah, H-A-Y-T-E-R-S. Okay. Um, they're huge, actually. They write loads of the content for a lot of pages. Um, so I called them back and was like, I'm really sorry, I can't do this one, but please please consider me for the <laughs> next one. Keep me in mind for the next one, please, and sir. Obviously, they were like, fuck you. That's the end of your uh, time with, you know, that's the last time we ever call you, obviously. Uh, and it was, of course. Um, and there we go. So then now I'm, and, it, and from there on, it was a gradual stepping away from being a journalist and stepping into more being into restaurants. And so I think if I'd have told Tam. as a journalist. Yeah, I don't really Maybe know. Why. I, I don't think I could either. Which is one of the reasons why I, you know I'm not I'm not like upset about not being a journalist. Obviously, <laughs> with hindsight, it was a good yeah. decision. You've done well. Um, You've done well. But yeah, no, I think um, <clears throat> yeah. If I'd have told her to do one, which I should have done, by the way, and I and I've said this to many of our stuff. I was like, you know, we've got a lot of people that've got other things going on. And I remember this certainly in Brixton when we were following in Brixton. Do you remember a girl called Kim? She was a shift manager, but she was an actress. We get that. Yeah, 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 I remember Kim. And I remember her really struggling with the fact she had auditions. They come out of nowhere, and I remember saying to her, "Right, let's have an agreement. When you're in, when you really need it, and it's short notice, I will always cover for you. But when I need you, it's got to work yeah. both ways." And she did, and she was brilliant for us for about two years. You remember? Yeah, but it is. It's hard. It's hard because that opportunity that in that was that an unpaid fucking um, that, intern role, that journo thing. The, I think I don't, I, the Sunday People one probably would have been paid. Okay. I didn't get that far. <laughs> but I would imagine that one would have been paid. But I would have, it would have set me on a path, I think, which would have been sports journalism. And I'd have been very happy, I think. Who knows, though?
Weirdest gift you've ever received. Ah, I know exactly. This this is a this is a modern a real sorry a modern a recent gift. So this I'm it's, I'm kind of stealing my wife's story here, but this is a hundred percent legit. Christmas of last year, my brother-in-law bought Connie, who <laughs> is his sister. Thanks and my that. wife, just yeah. now I just want to be very, very clear. We got that from the brother-in-law. And the, what can yeah. only be described as a vibrator for Christmas. Didn't like, see that coming. Seriously, I know. And he bought, he bought like, he bought a pair of them. There's another one for his other sister as well. We opened them up and we were like, hey, this, mate, is this is a, so weird. I know, but he was like, no, no, what? it's a massager. It's a massager. And I was like, it's a vibrator, mate. Like, he's he, like, no, no, honestly, I mean, it... It, 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 you could easily have that that's, in a sex shop and it would very, that very, got, exactly. That's, that's got the hallmarks of a last minute present all it's, over it. And he's like, I'll just get this and say it's a massager. I or don't know. Just... Uh, it's, it's, it was random and it, it did definitely ask some questions. Maybe he have was... he used it? <laughs> as a massager. <laughs> it's great, great for massaging. <laughs> You'd have to ask Connie. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty... Um, Pretty unusual present to be given. Wow, that is on Christmas Day. But thanks for that, Callum. He just, I, I'm, gonna, I'm struggling. I, I mean, I wasn't. I'm thinking, but it's hard to think while you were telling that story. Um, weirdest gift you've ever received. Come on, you got to have something. Uh, nah, maybe you have to come back. I mean, it's not a gift, but it's a, it's a reasonably funny story, I think. And that my daughter handed me a human poo. Oh, he poo once as a gift. With like a bow on it. I thought it was a toy. Uh, Your kids and like. Uh, yeah, and I told a story. Pee and poo. Yeah. Is... Well, my, I think it's my daughter is the epicenter of this. She's only four now. She must have been, I don't know, less than two. Well, so she did a poo in her hand. So, yeah, we were up then... early in the morning as usual and she was sort of playing around. I was kind of paying attention <laughs> and kind of wasn't. And it was up, yeah, we were in here and, and she had, she sort of went, Daddy, Daddy, and reached her hand with this thing. And it was like, brown thing and no. I thought it was a toy oh uh, you didn't grab so it so I just went oh what's that and I picked it and I was like that's a human shit <laughs> that's your human shit you've shat in your hand and then pass it to oh, me oh man um, and yeah she's not the best pooer my daughter to be fair she t- she's on a what yeah anyway it's a bit of a bit of a thing that's so a, yeah hand me a, a human shit and I tell you for anyone listening at home whoever who, who has also ever touched human shit I think they'll agree you cannot get the feeling of touching human shit <laughs> off your hand for about 24 hours. No matter how much you clean your hand, the feeling of it touching your hand stays, I would say, for 24 hours. And, I, I, and again, if anyone else has ever touched human shit, I think they'd corroborate that. I think you've said the words human shit too many times <laughs> in the last three minutes, so I think we should move forward to the next question. Favourite memory of you? There must be so Favorite many. Memory of you? I think... When we tried to catch, we went spear fishing for lobsters yeah. in Brighton. Oh, that was good. Uh, we underestimated how hard that would be. That definitely was one of the. That was one of the forty-nine or fifty of mine. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Uh, but I got it in my head. I remember speaking to this guy who used to provide, you know, hand-dived lobsters. For yeah, wasn't fins he like a professional free diver? He was like, I just, I just dived down around the old West Pier, and there's just lobsters there. And I was like, well, easy. <laughs> Yeah, he like he dives down, like puts his feet under a rock and just, just like just, stays there, yeah, like just stays perfectly still, and then just grabs fucking lobsters. I was like, this is easy. Come on, man, I'll just go down and get some lobsters and 
you gamefully were, were in. I was like, yeah, that sounds that does sound easy. Let's do it. I think we lasted about ten minutes, didn't we? And then, well, that's the best. Like, obviously, the sea is quite cold and and murky. I mean, I don't understand how he does it. You can't see shit down anything. there. But I think maybe lots of things were, were wrong about that day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good memory, though. I guess the memory there is that you were up for it, which is you know again not to get gooey, but that's you know that's a, a key part of our I think our relationship and our the reason we went into business successfully. Yeah, if anything go. Got to try, haven't you? I like the memory of you leaving squid bait in your car in the Brighton <laughs> summer for about a month. Helen's car. <laughs> Helen's car. The panda, the fridge. Yeah. Oh, if What's only it was a fridge. No, Cinquecento. Oh, it was. Was it a panda? We had a panda after that. Yeah, we got into. You were into Fiat, weren't you? Yeah. I say we, Helen liked to. Small car. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Favourite TV show? All right, quick and easy. Let's do some. Go on. Um, oh, Cobra Kai. Oh, no. <laughs> you fucking tragic middle-aged I fool. Care. I don't care. Cobra Kai so good. is... No, no. The first, like, maybe four episodes of the very first season, I'm like, this is okay. No, what they've done so well is, like, everything you want them to do, they're like, let's just bring out all the old characters one at a time and you're like yes that's exactly no, what I want you no, to do and every series no. they just bring back the next one that you want to see no because child actors don't make good adult actors if most of the time that's why it's good uh, oh, it's just that that is probably no alright I'll give you uh, that. Uh, I mean I think that really is my answer but if just the you just of, anyone yeah. who if, if people actually listen I, to this podcast I think the, the greatest the greatest TV series I think I've ever seen is True Detective Series 1 yeah, I think I probably that watched that about great. ten times, and it gets better every time you watch it. That is brilliant. Layered. <laughs> it's layered. It's meant to be like that. TV, uh, yeah, True Detective series one is probably up there, but I can't honestly. It, 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 it's so painful. I watch because they're only half hour episodes, Cobra Kai, and I watch the whole series in about a day, and they have to wait a whole bloody year for the next one. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, don't worry. There will be a next season because they're going to keep rolling that shit out for oh, eternity. Yeah. It's a dream. It's a dream. Um, I, so we did a, a collaboration back in the day, one of our first ever collaborations with HBO. Remember? Yeah. True Blood. Out. True Blood, yeah. And I uh, know no, True Blood is not my favourite one. I was going to say, um, what are you, like a no, teenage no, the, girl? I was, I, the girl who we did the collaboration with from the production company in Soho gave me a box of box sets. Oh, I know where you go with this. And I literally, it was like all the best box sets. And um, and it had Sopranos, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, and, um, oh, fuck, what's the... The, the Wire? The Wire, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we only recently finished, Sopranos. me and my wife watched Sopranos in lockdown, and I could not choose between The Wire and Sopranos. I know they're a bit cliche, but they are probably the best TV programs ever made. And, and um, um, I'm probably I've never just, seen The Wire. Clearly, I'm intellectually more actually capable than you because <laughs> The Wire compared to Cobra Kai is. Uh, I think that sums us up. Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, I haven't seen any of the three you just mentioned. And they're Have like, you? No, I haven't seen The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, or The Wire. Oh, you, if only you had the box sets. It's almost a bit overwhelming now because I'm like so many of them, and you think, God, just it's a commitment. Hey, Sopranos took about six months for us to watch. We're actually but... me and Helen are almost to the end of This Is Us. Have you seen that on Amazon? It's a oh. bit wish. It's a bit. I'm getting it. I'm starting to get annoyed by it, but I've put so much time and effort into it. I started watching. See it we, now. we we we. I told you we had to stop because it was just very close to the bone for us in yeah, lots of fair. ways. 
Um, but it's a good program. It's good, but it's six seasons with about 18 episodes in each. And we started when they were already making the six, so we had so much to catch up on. God, they wheel out some fucking old footage in that program. All right, next question. Biggest bust up or disagreement? Oh, what? Telling I mean, you that you'd overcooked a medium rare burger in the early days? It's probably, uh, <laughs> probably up there. Yeah. Yeah, you I... weren't the best at taking feedback on. No. Burger that was overcooked. No, I'm, I'm still not the great, but <laughs> better. I think that's probably a fair, fair one. For me, the biggest fuck up you made that directly affected me, we did talk about this in the first yeah. episode, was Portobello. Yep. You. Yep. When I filled the restaurant in one go with a. F- absolutely did yeah. our kitchen in that day. It, is. it was a It was a bad day. It was. I was better than that as well. I knew you were. I knew, I knew better than that. Yeah, and, we had uh, this like gloriously long queue going all the way, like, snaking down Portobello Road. I was under a lot of pressure. I mean, I had the police well, telling me I had to move it. Fuck. I had about 300 people in the queue wanting a free burger. I had three builders in the fucking kitchen finishing <laughs> off the kitchen. Yeah, that was a big one. So that was a bad one. Okay. I mean, we've had so many. <laughs> um, Favourite non-honest restaurant? I just got um, Barafina. I yeah. love it. It never fails. I went to Brat recently i've been there like three times now i love brat yeah brat's awesome i like uh, smokestack is up there with me as well i I really like what smokestack do i think it's great i'm a bit i i know we sort of got to know david a little bit when he was starting out a bit like us wasn't he in street yeah, yeah. With this big smoke train and just great guy great work ethic great food so i'm, I'm it's more than just about food for me i think we should get dave on we should yeah yeah there's a guy I wouldn't want to fight in the boxing ring. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> He's an absolute unit. <laughs> yeah. Biggest fad. QR codes. <laughs> For Wait. ordering. For ordering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, QR codes had died. They had died before the pandemic. They were gone. And now they are everywhere. Yeah. They looked old-fashioned when they first came out, didn't they? That was the problem with them. But now I get... I, I think QR codes are brilliant when they're used well... I think they're awesome, and they are used really well now. And I think, but for ordering specifically, I, I really struggle. So that, for me, I hope is a fad that will die. I actually out. don't mind them. I went to Whitstable. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure they work in an honest restaurant because we like a human being to do that. Mm-hmm. But in some environments, they're just fucking quick and, and they're like mm-hmm. efficient. I was in a place in Whitstable called the Lobster Shack, and yeah, you just sit outside. It's a massive, great pier thing. You just sit down and just order. And it literally just like it's if you were having like a big boozy session there, you order all your drinks, you can just stay in your seat and that's it. Mm. Like I think for some environments it does work well. Um He hasn't given his his fad yet. My biggest fad oh, I dunno. Mini discs. <laughs> <laughs> Crack on. No, I love them. I mean, I'm, I actually don't even know if they should have come back. Yeah, but they got they got destroyed by the iPod. All right. Biggest pet peeve of the other founder. What? I've never seen pet peeve written down before. Is that actually what it mean? What does it mean? Like, like nigger? Like, what, what, annoys, what, what annoys you about me? How long you got? <laughs> well, what we discussed earlier, I do find it... Like when we're in like a board meeting or an interview or a podcast, sometimes you're a little fucking fidgeter. 
<laughs> it's true. I do fiddle. You're doing pretty well today. Um, my biggest pet peeve about you. You're not always on time. I would say you're. you're there's a bit of lateness. Yeah, I was 24 minutes late to today. Yeah, I am pretty bad at the time. Timekeeping isn't always great. That's probably it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who would play you in a Netflix documentary about honest? Well, I mean, if it was a documentary, <clears throat> we would play us. Oh, see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. I think you have to answer it still there. <laughs> play. Well, I've got to choose you. You got to choose me then. Uh, who would play you? I've just thought of one for you actually. He's dead, but. <laughs> Go on. A young Philip Seymour Hoffman. You were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely characteristics there. Hugh Jackman. I'll take that. All day long. He's my fucking idol. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Squid. <laughs> Just well, calamari. Every, you know, surely yeah. you need something with a bit more variety than that. Nope. Squid. Mine. Love it. Would be. Can't order it. If I'm in a restaurant and I'm like ordering just a main course and I don't, no one else and it, it's on there, I, <coughs> I get it. I have to order squid. Calamari. I can't not order it. I do as well, but it's not a meal. You, well, I wouldn't want squid for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's, no, there's hardly any ways you can you can either fry it or grill it. That's it. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. it. All right. Mine would be. Um, I'm going to be a bit broader. Probably would be actually do you have to worry about like how unhealthy you'd be i think you're overthinking this man well it's the rest of my fucking life i want to make sure it's the right decision i'd probably say japanese food like sushi if i was just going to try and eat because there's lots of different japanese varieties food is number one if definitely. i wasn't doing that i'd probably just say a roast dinner every single day because <laughs> yeah. then i've got many different types yeah that's a good chap and i can go big I can go small. Yeah, yep. probably say rest in a... Your turn. Okay, round two is honest memories. There's been so many. Mm. Best day honest. I mean, they're definitely two... Ooh, I know what you're about to say. Do you? Yeah, go on. Well, I'm going to say two things, so you know what both of them are? Nope. <laughs> There's a thing that Phil organised uh, last summer called Honest Fest. Yeah. That was epic. You should probably talk about that. That's got to be one of your favourites, surely. Yeah, it's up there. So that was, that was like, obviously, in between all the fuckery of the lockdowns and the pandemic, we really needed... We felt we really needed to give our guys just a bit of a, bit of a party, basically. So for the first time ever, we closed all the restaurants... And put a big festival um, in. Where actually was it? Reading. Reading. Farm in Reading. And and just had a massive, massive party. Basically, lots of fancy dress, lots of uh, of food, lots of booze, lots of g strings. On wasn't the guy the main act? He was wearing a g string. Oh yeah, the Cuban brothers. Cuban brothers. Hilarious. (laughs) Um, Yeah, who's actually he's Welsh, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Even though he is Scottish. Scottish, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a good day. Seeing everyone, just seeing how how like 
happy everyone was. That was a really good one. Yeah. What about you? I thought you were going to say the farm the other day, actually. That yeah. was up there. Because that, yeah. that was having all the guys together in that field and the venue was perfect. Beautiful day. Um, yeah, big moment, obviously, if you're honest, around honest farming, something <clears> to be <throat> really proud of. And I, it was just great having all the guys there just really it felt, engaged in yeah. it. That, it was, that was a really great day. It felt like a day that's been coming for a long time, certainly in my head, sort of three, three or so years of planning. Yeah. That's kind of culminated. So that was a that was a good day. I remember going back to Brixton, I would say one of I could have picked so many nights, but there's one night in particular I remember where, you know, it was just it was probably at the height of Brixton Market. I didn't just mean honest in Brixton Market, I mean Brixton Market, which as you know was just like this incredible place to just spend time and eat mm. in loads of restaurants. And it got there was a Friday night and we were rocking on the door and the Guys, Cindy and Chris used to do the... Um, yeah, I saw music. Cindy in, um, yeah. in Campbell the other day. Yeah, I saw Chris in the swimming pool the other day, actually. Um, they knew the Basement Jacks guys. Yeah, they, they got him down to do a DJ set, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of off the cuff, like was... one of those, like, we'll, we'll message out about an hour before kind of stuff. And there was a good lot of people cramming into, into the market. market. Shat their pants on that one, didn't they? Well, we, we were yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But we were like, I do, I customary sort of two-hour queue, trying to manage that through till 10.30, and the Basement Jacks were knocking out a DJ set about... 30 yards away. Yeah. That was and it, it was a mix of like the customers just dancing around, eating a burger, having a drink, our staff just getting involved. And that was a good night. That's where I thought, oh, this is, this is what hospitality should feel like. Basement Jacks. Bricks the market. Basement Jacks. Burgers. Okay. Best and worst thing about running a burger restaurant? A burger restaurant? At the risk of sounding like a twat on many burger restaurants because it definitely... Um, I'm going to get a bit serious now. I'd say the worst thing okay. is just fucking anxiety. <laughs> last couple of years have been pretty damn anxious. And, and anyone in, in most businesses mm. has suffered negatively um, the last couple of years. But restaurants have been particularly um, hit hard for loads of reasons. And, you know, I, I know in like the grand scheme of things, we're still and pretty fucking lucky in this country, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, it's been it's it's been pretty anxious the last couple of years for sure. Um, what about you? Um, the best thing about running a burger restaurant is I like the simplicity of it. Like everyone just loves a burger. I'm really proud of our food. And it's just nice to just do that one thing and really do it well. That's the best thing about running a burger restaurant. Like, I, I, I've got so much respect, you know, obviously, we, you know, there's so many great restaurants in the country. I've got so much respect for these guys with, like, huge taster menus and most amazing ingredients and the skill level it requires. And that's not, I'm not trying to say that there isn't, you know, obviously it's the skill level that runs through our business at all levels, but... There's something I love about the simplicity of what we do. I think we, that's we, the best thing about our... We've coined the phrase recently, it's simple, not easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Simple and to do, the... do, but not not easy for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which that's probably the best. With, yeah. I'd say the worst thing, similar, similar to you, but I, and I think probably I touched on this in another episode. Uh, it's yes, yeah, the, the responsibility. I think a little bit of just you know we've got eight hundred and fifty odd staff now in the in the company, and just the responsibility of that that you feel for those people. And I, I don't mean in like a sort of parenty kind of way. I just you know you just want people to in, enjoy. Yeah. Work, exactly. And the thing Have a good great, time so. and not. Yeah, no. Um, you want you. Want, I mean, I, I I totally agree with that. Especially when you look at how amazing some restaurants we've worked in 
like yeah. Riddle and Finns. I want people that work for us to also feel like that. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to a lad the other day who's left our business for a couple of reasons which I won't go into, and he just thinks we're, we're a bunch of twats, basically, and hates on us, and that just really... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that really hurts. And, yeah. you know, some of that's justified, by the way, in his case, and, uh, you know, we're not perfect, so... Um, but, yeah, it's still things hard, even just one person thinking that hurts, you know. And, yeah. then, and, and the customer side of it, which we always touched on, like, the, the worst thing is the, the mean tweets... We should do a mean tweets episode, shouldn't we? Oh man, but they're horrible, man. They start, sometimes people do, and I get it. People, it's when you get bad, when you think you've had no, bad I food. I don't. Bad I'm service. sorry, but I'm going to just say this quite. No, bluntly. the level that you I, get sometimes is really. There's out of order. there's mistakes made. Every person who's made a mean tweet has made millions of mistakes in their yeah, lives, yeah, true, in true. their working career. Yeah, you don't need to be nasty. Like there's no, a human I'm, being on the other end of that reading it at fucking eleven thirty at night on a Saturday. You don't need to be nasty, and we get we do yeah. get some nasty people, and you're like, come on, but we are gonna we're gonna we do. do a a we worst customer. It's interesting. I think about this a lot, uh, and we're good at keeping I this one some, succinct, aren't we? So I want to say this because I think this is important for people listening. Like, if you want to get if you if you're upset with an experience in any restaurant, you've got such a better chance of getting a better response from a restaurant if you come at it like a human being. If you just yeah, but at the same time, I also go. I think we've created an, us restaurants have created an environment where we force customers to be a bit formal and a bit mean because we sometimes don't, we don't just hold our hands up and go, we made a mistake sometimes. But it's because people don't feel comfortable making a complaint in person in a restaurant. How many times yeah, has someone yeah, been yeah. like, everything okay, guys? And you're like, fine. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And um, it's walk out the door rubbish. On Twitter, yeah, you? and you're just <laughs> internalising it, aren't you? And then yeah. you go to Twitter and then let loose. Yeah. Um, but that still stings. Still things. One of my best things for me is something that's happened quite recently is us working with our suppliers, like really closely with our supply network. And that's something I've kind of uncovered in my... I didn't even realise how much I would enjoy that, but restaurants need to work more closely with their supply chain because most supply chains are totally fucked. Especially, and, I'd say, big restaurants because there'll be a lot of indies out there that work incredibly close with their suppliers, right? Yeah, yeah, but you're talking big restaurant. You're talking about there, like uh, the, the even the indies are very yeah, small number. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think big restaurants certainly. I feel like big restaurants have more of a responsibility. Definitely. Um, but if we all worked more closely on the supply chain, we'd all uncover these horrors, and you'd want to be better. True. All right. Next question. <clears throat> I mean, probably COVID. Has anything been worse than that? I'd never, never, I remember I was up in Scotland um, on a a holiday with my wife when the pandemic broke out. And I remember for the first time ever being like, well, this is it. (laughs) This is how honest is going to end for all of us. That was the big, I remember for the first time literally ever. And I, I, I kind of, sort of played out scenarios in my head i think i put like um mad cow disease i was like that's probably that would that would be a fatal blow or or you know if there was a horrendous fucking you know allergy poisoning that would probably be pretty pretty terminal um but covid was the was the the haymaker that came out of nowhere yeah i think it's gotta be covid I have to say, when you think about it, we, we're a bit of a Teflon brand, weren't we? To be fair, we never really 
we didn't really ever have a problem. I mean, we had loads of issues. I'm not saying it was Little easy, ones, but yeah. when I think about it now and in the context of COVID, we'd never really had an issue before, did we? We'd never faced a problem like that before. So. No, so yeah, probably COVID. Worst day of this. A bit of a theme here. Yeah, these are very negative. Yeah. You'll be in a ball in a corner in a minute. Worst day. I mean, I can remember for going back some years, which I can... Oh, I know. Sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah? Chips? No, you tell that one. All right. Um, I remember when we thought we had nailed our chips recipe um, and we were making them, we were still triple cooking mm. them at this stage, I think, um, in Brixton. Actually, no, no, that's a lie. We had, our, we had a, a little industrial estate, Ferrier Street. We were basically borrowing a little space off Federation Coffee. Mm-hmm. We were making chips over there. And what we were doing was just working really, really well. And luckily, um, Jay Rayner came in and tried our chips when they were, like, top of their game. And then all of a sudden, the seasons changed and it got a bit cooler. And we had no idea why, but our chips just fell off a cliff, right? Yeah. And they just went brown and soggy and we couldn't get them crispy. We didn't have a fucking clue why. Um... And I remember just feeling really helpless in the kitchen where we had massive queue of people. I think it was like a Saturday afternoon, the market was buzzing, all these people, and I'm just cooking these chips. And I was like, this is not what I want. Like, these these chips are just not good enough. Yeah. But we didn't know what to do. We were like, do we just close and work out, like, how, how do we make them better? <clears throat> and this is a completely true story. Um, Rob Hope Johnson, who is an absolute legend, he was doing some like part-time work for us in the kitchen um, in our little um, estate around the corner. And he comes in and he sees like the fucking anguish in my face um, and says, you know, what's wrong? And I just say to him, I'm like, oh man, I just, I'm so, I'm struggling. Like I just want somebody who is who knows potatoes like a potato scientist or a biologist somebody who's just understands potatoes to tell me what the fuck is going on here and he said to me oh why didn't you let me know tom my dad works for walker's crisps um <laughs> he is a potato scientist yeah he that's what he does he goes around <laughs> potato farms and yes and just helps them grow the exact variety and the exact storage conditions and just he just gave us like a half an hour tutorial over the phone and that mm. basically teed us up so for the next few years and then you we got a bit of luck, luck along the way don't you you got yeah you get, you get equal parts good luck and bad luck in life i think and yeah that was a good luck um my worst day honest is when do you remember the whole honest crust thing oh man that was a horrible I'll day keep, i'll try and keep this one brief but this uh we had probably eight or nine restaurants and we had ip lawyers because we managed to get the ip for the word honest in a restaurant setting which was surprising and yet yeah we did it we had a- ambitious ideas to go to band we wanted to take that word it was such a key, so key to us um and then we get this this twitter thing starts happening where this guy honest crust has just called us out on twitter for basically telling him to stop trading or whatever right and we didn't know anything about this yeah the lawyers just send letters yeah they just do it like automatically it was a real lesson for me because i remember being like not something i'm interested in so you guys are you going to do it and yeah i mean he i remember reading the letter that we sent him and i was like oh my god like it was so formal and this is just like lad chap called richard with three kids he's knocking out pizzas 
He gets his letter from us saying, you know, you're going to have to pay us royalties for every day you've been trading with this name and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, oh, my God. So anyway, he takes to Twitter, which is, you know, what we just discussed. What you can do now. Assess pool. And obviously Manchester just, it was off of Manchester, just jumps on it. And the guy yeah, who runs Altrincham Market, proper north-south like yeah. divide. Manchester Media yeah. News. I remember being at. We were living with Helen's mum at the time, and it was like that weird thing where I didn't want to look at my phone because every time I looked, another twenty tweets had appeared. Yeah, I was moving. And I, I, I was could moving not house. Look. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to look, but I have to look. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god. I just you literally people. just like scrolling, and it was like, bam, another yeah. twenty tweets, another twenty tweets. Every and, you know, we were seen as a you know bigger rest. We were a bigger company than him. We really had. Eight or nine, I say only ended eight or nine restaurants. So we were yeah. still young. And I was like, oh my, it was just horrible. People, the things people were saying about us. Uh, and I was like, gee, yeah, I someone, going... someone like dragged out a quote from my bloody like dead grandpa that I'd made and was like giving me shit about that. I was yeah. like, come someone on. Someone sent me a picture like, of a horse's head in the bed. Yeah, I was like, this is a, getting a little bit outrageous. Anyway. That yeah, was that I was remember, a really I remember calling day. him up. He was actually really, he's a really nice guy, and I remember calling him up and going, "Listen, man, we're not we're not going to get we don't want any money from you. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry it was dealt this way, but the reality is, we have the IP here, and the problem we found is that if you don't defend it, you lose it. Yeah. Uh, even if it's someone that you really don't think is really going to impinge on business. Anyway, we got to a, I think eventually we got to a good place with him, and he, he's still he's still trading to this day under that name. Yeah, it's all good. But that was that was a really good. Hey, that's a that was my first sense of like, oh, we're not just two lads in a field cooking burgers anymore. Like, there's people are just gunning for us, and we we made a mistake. I think there is there is a really horrible environment in the UK where we love to see things crash and burn. Yeah. Whereas in in America they they literally like, you know, on a they put they put success on a pedestal. It's like Trump is so you know everyone loves Trump mm. over there for so many reasons, but not everyone. But. Well, <laughs> large, large percentage of people in America love him because yeah. he's a successful. I'm doing yeah, yeah, quotes yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. You American know, he's a, he's a you know they love that American dream, but over here it's like mm. we love to see a failure. Like, do you remember the guy when I remember this was like through the proper turbo stress of setting up Brixton and all the fuckery that's going on about getting the restaurant open on the deadline and mm. opening time and I'm outside sanding a tabletop down and we just put our frontage on and I'm like covered in sawdust my fingers are knackered because I've been sanding tables all day and this dude walks past and he obviously thinks I'm just like a worker or something and he looks up at the sign and goes honest burgers <laughs> That'll never last. And just walks off. And literally, he just, like, absolutely destroyed me <laughs> in one one like, little throwaway comment. I was like, yeah. you bastard. Yeah, I remember that. But, anywho. All right, can we get some... We get some there we go. Can we get some nice things. What is your favourite honest restaurant? Brixton. Brixton. Hardest thing to teach in hospitality. Um, How to read a customer. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, to be yourself. Like, people Ooh, are so... Yeah, I know, that's a bit... Nice. But I mean it. Like, the hardest thing is something we really... We call it old-school hospitality, don't we? And, and, and the thing I spend a lot of time trying to do with our guys is to get them to have the confidence that... You don't, and look, we we benefit from being a very simple restaurant that are burgers, so this wouldn't work in lots of restaurants. I agree, I admit, but 
in our world, like we don't need scripts and service steps, but they're they're security. For I mean, people. I did, I disagree. I think every restaurant could do with people being more themselves. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you. I went to um, Long Clume up in I went oh, there years amazing. ago. Yeah, but I was amazed at how informal the service was in such an amazing way. Yeah, like some of the best food on the planet. But the service was like, yeah. it was fucking friendly and nice. And the guy was I just agree. being quite theatrical because he's a theatrical person. It was like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Favourite ever special? Ooh. Um, oh, uh, do you know what? I remember you, this is, this, is, this is like a pineapple on a pizza stuff. But I remember you early on, you grated... Black pudding yeah, yeah, that's what I was into say. the patty. Some of my friends. And he had work. this amazing, like, tarragon mayo. Caper with mayo. It, yeah. With and an apple tempura. Yeah. I mean, that's how banger. wanky is that? But yeah. No. Well, yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, yeah. No, that was. That was a burger. Yeah, so we grated black pudding in the burger. But that upset a lot of people. Well, not upset. People would like. What? People no, will love that, yeah, yeah. Obviously, because it was in the burger, you couldn't yeah. have it without black pudding. So. Honestly, grating black pudding in a burger is is epic. In the, so try it at home. Good black pudding, good, um, you know, chopped chuck steak. If you can get that from the butcher and and make a burger out of it, it is epic. Yep. Um, I'd say my favorite that was the first special we did where I was like, oh, this is actually really good because I was, you know, like I was a cook, you know, but I'm still am really, and I didn't really know flavors all that well and it was the chimichurri yeah that lives on doesn't it that chimichurri 1.0 1. 1. was that was the first special we did where it was like we must have been about 5.0 now yeah we're on many point o's, but it was literally just chimichurri and brindisa chorizo which is insane yeah. um and some buttered chilies that i put on top like just cooked some chilies down in butter and you put them on top nice that was the favorite for me Let's have a burger. I don't want to be too harsh on this one. Go on. Well, I mean, we've had many bad burgers. I would say I probably like the farm drop one the least. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? That's a bit harsh, actually, isn't it? Nothing to do with farm Go drop. On. Uh... Yeah, it didn't quite, it was like pesto-y and, I don't know, that one didn't quite work for me. So that's, you know, that's the same as our spring burger that we literally just did <laughs> a couple, yeah, maybe cut that couple months ago, one of our best-selling specials <laughs> of all time. Just yeah, I don't record. know, that. yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you that answer again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, keep it in. No, no, because I don't think that is the one. You didn't like it because it was farm drop. Yeah, which is why I stopped saying what I was going to say. Communist. <laughs> My worst ever burger. Um, oh, I don't know, man. Honestly, don't, I mean, I want to say uh, I've got a memory of my late great father in a service station outside. It's like near, like fucking Devon, and he ordered a wimpy burger, and he was in a bad mood. You, you met my dad, like he's got. Had a fucking yeah, feisty temper on him, yeah. and he um, it was a really hot day. Service day, you know, services like that, like they just they're like horrible places. And he'd ordered a wimpy burger, and he was like plain bread, meat, and cheese. He just said it like so many times to this guy, um, and he went back to the car and took a big mouthful of it. 
and the windows were down and the car parks were around, all these kids and people walking along and it's like fucking loaded with ketchup and pickles <laughs> and fucking onions and he literally just spits it out on the steering wheel and just throws it at the windscreen and just has this like full-on argument with the burger. Um, okay. That, that I was like genuinely pissing myself in, in, the, in the passenger seat. All these mothers and children were walking past and my dad's like fighting a burger. Fair. So that was his worst ever burger. Uh, round three. I've done it again. <laughs> Quick fire questions. I've done it again. I can't not say it like I'm Dale Winston. When you hold the mic, you're like, round three. All right, let's go. Burgers or pizza? Burgers. Obviously. Obviously. Doors or wheels? I said doors instinctively. I don't know why. I have no idea what this question means. So wheels. <laughs> Ooh. Honest or tribute? Uh, Honest. Tribute. Really? I don't know. I said it. I mean, I, I might... That's the whole point. Yeah. Go with it. But, sorry, pineapple on pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. bad at this. Yeah, pineapple on pizza. Yes. Fucking would, hell. Would you rather? Would you rather have a hundred duck-sized elephants or an elephant-sized duck? Definitely an elephant-sized duck. Yeah, elephant-sized duck. That would be fucking dangerous, though. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's or Burger King. Uh, I would go McDonald's with Burger King fries. Yeah. Beach or ski? Ski. Beach or ski. Beach for me. Ski all day long. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Eat in. Roast or fry up? Roast. Roast. All day. Shower or bath? Shower. Shower. Cold. So that was, um, yeah, that was the end of many questions. Uh, I feel quite drained, to be honest with you. Yeah, that was hard. It was actually. deep. It went deeper than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we get we, the tangent. I think we should call this podcast Tangent. The honest Tangent. <laughs> yeah. So apologies. We're not very good at sticking to the question. But yeah. Um, yeah, thanks to anyone who has joined in um, and listened to this podcast. Um, and yeah, we'll be releasing these every week. So next one coming out next week. I have no idea what it's going to be about just yet, but we will let you know soon. any questions or you want to get in touch please drop us a message the email is podcast at honestburgers.co.uk and then as always give us a follow on tiktok and instagram at honestburgers we really hope you've enjoyed listening and thank you for tuning in